Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Social Studies Podcast. Today, I have with us Kevin Goldberg, Content Marketing Manager at AppDynamics. A former Red Bull Marketing Pro, he's been in content marketing for years. He figures out problems like how to how to make messages people care about. And we brought him on today to teach us about how to build a content strategy from scratch. So, hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks, Nathan. Happy to be here. Um, yeah, so like you said, um, I've been at AppDynamics for a bit now, um, watching them go through hyper growth and really scaling our content efforts uh, to match that. Um, previously, I was at an Israeli startup, WalkMe, um, which helps with uh, customer experience and customer success, uh, and then basically did uh, the PR circuit for a little bit, which helped with uh, my storytelling, which I learned a lot and uh, helps me every day now. And something I don't like, to, I don't like you to uh, not mention is you were at Red Bull. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I was at Red Bull for uh, for a few years doing uh, marketing for them, where I uh, cut my teeth, learned the chops. I have a very soft spot from Red Bull marketing in my heart because it was more than ten years ago. I I was like in high school, maybe fifteen, sixteen years old. I saw the Red Bull Fluke Talk event, and I, and I, it was preposterous and crazy, and but it was cool and amazing. And I, I remember I totally forget who it was, but it was like a teacher. I think I asked them. What is that? And they said, that's marketing. And that has always stuck with me. And as silly as it seems, that's actually one of the main reasons why I got into marketing today. I, I just thought something as cool and amazing as that couldn't possibly be corporate and business, but it is. And, yeah. and, and you were you know, involved with that. So it's actually one of the reasons why I got into marketing and, and uh, how you start your career. I think that's really great. Yeah, absolutely. Even as a content marketer, we're constantly looking uh, towards Red Bull because them, GoPro, uh, Lego with the Lego movie even is uh, considered content marketing. They're they're the the creme de la creme. So everybody's trying to emulate what they're doing. Um, so how did you how did you? I mean, content marketing is definitely a hot topic nowadays. But you've been doing it for a while. How did you find how did you find your way to content marketing? Uh, I've always been a, a fairly good writer and editor. Um, so it was kind of pushed towards me. But really, where you need to own your skills is in that storytelling capability, understanding true buyer personas and what their interests are, uh, and most importantly, the project management and the strategy behind that. It's more than just writing and editing. Interesting. So is the best way to get into content as, as a writer, or can, can people in film do content as well? How about strategists, quote unquote? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's so many different forms of content. So, you know, video content is a whole different beast. Um, I'll be the first to say it's not my my area of expertise. I'm not mm -hmm. the best at it. There's tons you can learn. Um, but yeah, I think it's easier to come into a content marketing role understanding that strategy, that project management ability, uh, and that storytelling, and then learn the writing and editing as you go. Mm -hmm. I see. So, Kevin, uh, you know, I asked you here today because You've been doing content marketing since before it was content marketing, and I, I think you promised me you, you talk about how to build a content marketing strategy from scratch. So do you want to walk us through kind of how someone would go through this? Sure. Um, yeah, I, my role at AppDynamics, before I got there, there wasn't a true content marketing um, initiative. Mm -hmm. You could say we, we spit out blogs, we spit out white papers, case studies, all that, mm -hmm. but there wasn't any high-level person saying, hey, you know, we're not addressing these needs or we have no content audit or we're not mapping it to any personas. Mm -hmm. So my first um, few weeks, few months, I did a content audit. So what that entails is, is looking at every piece of content out there in existence that you've put out. So blogs from the start of time 
white papers, ebooks, infographics, case studies, even the content that lives on your website, analyzing all of that and really bucketing into your persona. So what you do at the beginning is leaning on the, um, the product marketing team for really specific buyer personas. And you need to make sure that your content not only maps to them, it maps to the whatever products you are, you're shooting out, and it also maps to the buyer cycle. So for a company like AppDynamics, we have about six or seven products, depending on how you want to define them. But in each of those, there's different tech stacks. So our main product is APM, but we do Java APM, we do .NET, Node.js, PHP, uh, C++, and all those are different personas in themselves. So if you think even as a, a buyer cycle being four stages, you have awareness, uh, uh, engagement, consideration, close, you know, even it, as simplified as that. Can you say that be. again? What's that four-step process? So there's uh, engage, uh, awareness, okay. engagement, consideration, close. Awareness, engagement, consideration, close. Yeah, okay, so that's you. the most simplified you could think about it. And that's only four buckets. You can get way more granular if you'd like. Then if you have a company with, you know, seven products, that's seven different, um, minimum, seven different buyer personas. Okay. And... As you get more granular, you're thinking about the spreadsheet. Like, do we have content for this persona, for this product module, in this level of the buyer cycle? And as you can imagine, this spreadsheet starts getting bigger and bigger the more granular and the more detailed you want to get into it. So that's what this content audit entails. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was, I don't know, maybe 8 by 8 9 by 9 um, grid. And I did everything as simple as could be. Green was good, yellow was okay, red was bad. Mm -hmm. And after I was done, uh, about 80, 90% of it was red. And so I go to the CMO, I'm like, here's where we are. I did a content audit, you know, I'm brand new, unbiased. We're not looking good. We're not addressing all these personas in these different tech stacks for this product module. We need to start filling these gaps immediately. And then from there, it becomes um, a project manager. You need those specialists in those areas to create the content, um, leaning again on your product product marketing team to see what your buyer personas are interested in. Um, basically, will this ebook, will this white paper, will it resonate with them? And when it comes to content marketing, you don't want to be product specific. You don't want to say, here's our feature, here's our benefit, and let's make this a blog or a white paper. But how are you not product specific when you're working, when you're at a company supposed to sell a product? So, yeah, that's a good question. Um, our Java agent, for instance, our personas for Java APM are ops personas, so IT ops and developers, okay? All you want to do is create content that resonates with them that has a loose tie into your product. So what does that, I mean, I deal with this all the time at Tint and every previous company. What does it mean to have a loose tie so, for instance, our best Java asset to date okay. is an ebook called Top 10 Java Performance Problems. So, as an IT ops professional at a company that runs on Java, that's an ebook that's going to intrigue them. And so, Top 10 Performance Problems for Java. You know, we run on that. How, I mean, I'm interested. So, they open that. Um, a few of them, not all of them, AppDynamics can solve. Um, but it doesn't say that directly. But Right then and there, we have them in our, our, our funnel, you know, in our grasp, and that's where content marketing really proves its value by continuing to feed that lead, that user, uh, quality content that becomes more and more detailed and more and more specific on your company. 
So you want to top of the funnel assets are going to be really vague, just really interesting to get that that person's um, general interest at the beginning. We have a content team here at Tint, and um, I, I came up with this analogy a couple of years ago, and I don't know where I got it from exactly, but it, it, I mean, every company sells products, right? And every company, you know, wants to sell you those products, but they can't just say, hey, uh, we sell pens, do you want a pen? It's more like, hey, do you like to write? Or how do you feel about handwriting techniques, right? And I, the best way I have found thus far to communicate to my content team here at Tint and, and, and other companies previously is to sell the dream. So at, at Tint, the, the, the dream is uh, freedom from the IT department as, mm -hmm. as a marketer. Yep. At Tint, the freedom is to actually control your social media experience without having to worry about all the you know bad things that happen on social media. So is that far off from what you're saying here, selling the dream? Yeah, no, that's I think it's spot on, better than I can even say. So you know, going back to your pen example, like as a as a general person that writes with pens, you know I could be a, a target market, and if you had a blog post or an ebook that said um, what your handwriting says about you, it's like one. Well, that's really wow. interesting. You know, BuzzFeeding it up, I guess. Okay, it's a funny you mentioned BuzzFeed because you mentioned that your most popular uh, piece of content to date is the top 10 issues of uh, yeah, job. job right. Yeah. Listicle. Let's be, real, let's be real. This yeah. is a listicle. I mean, is, is the content marketing solution really just a BuzzFeedify, if that's a verb now, your, your company or your subject? Uh, I think the difference uh, is a listicle in general uh, really intrigues users because they know what they're getting into. Top 10, it's like, okay, I'm going to come away with 10 actionable you know, insights. Mm -hmm. But if it was top 10 Java performance problems as presented by cat gifts, they probably <laughs> wouldn't see much value in that. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So the content marketing, very um, interesting topic, I think, because well, my personal opinion is that marketers should be product makers. We shouldn't be like, here's a pen. Do you really want to buy this pen? How about now? 10% off. Do you want to buy the pen now? I mean, I, I think it's we can do much much better things. Like here's a great video with pens being written on, or whatever it might be. Um, for people who want to be content marketers, for people who are content marketers, right? What what technologies can you recommend, or what um, what courses or what strategies can can, can you can you recommend that to use them for people who are coming up? I mean, how, how do you get started with content marketing? I guess is my question. Um, sure. I mean, to to tackle your question, um, you know, in, in parts, I think. The tools are, are extremely important. So there's, at, if you split content marketing into project management, editing, um, and just transparency between you, the rest of the marketing department, and your sales department, there's several tools that are just this. You'll need marketing automation and you know CRM system. But a tool that I'm getting into that I, I really like and I can't say enough good things about is, is a tool called Compost. Um, it's basically a content marketing hub that, um, takes on a project management overview, um, really closes the gaps where spreadsheets uh, can't handle, like going back on that content audit that took me weeks and, and months to do, Compose automates. So it can get more granular than you can ever think of. If you want to talk about our Java agent and what content supports it, it can split that into buckets and and really show your gaps uh, clearer than even my my spreadsheet of you know, 100 blocks. What kind of gaps are we talking about here? It's a uh, content supporting that persona, that product module, in that buyer cycle. Interesting. So, in awareness, in you know, going back to your pen example, like in the awareness stage, if you have one pen, like ballpoint versus felt or whatever, in, in the felt department, in the awareness stage, you don't have content supporting that, so you're not going to get those top of the funnel leads that you need to be. Mm -hmm. 
so you, you mentioned earlier a funnel. I really liked it. The awareness, engagement, consideration, and close. Where does content marketing fall? If all, all three. All, all, all. Yeah. Three. So, you know, there's a stat out there. Well, there's several. Anywhere between 60 and about 80% of the buyer journey is done before they even speak to a salesman. 60%. Yeah, 60 to 80. It, it depends where you look. There's tons. I, you know, salespeople won't agree with it. Right. Um, so content needs to support all the way through. So you get that awareness, and then you need to support email nurture tracks. Okay. So you need good assets to, to push them down and then eventually hand them yeah. off to sales, well-educated. Wow. 60 to 80% um, of your prospects will encounter your brand before sales even touches them. Okay, great. So... One last note, Kevin. I really appreciate your time here so far. What's like the future of content marketing? What, what company do you think is doing the best job with content right now? Um, you know, I can't say enough good things about Red Bull, GoPro, <laughs> um, Lego with the Lego movie. Uh, but one that's doing really cool things is Cards Against Humanity. Oh, um, man. They did this uh, holiday thing called 15 Days of Bullshit. I did that. Yeah, yeah, I did it as well. One of the things they gave you was a, a, a pamphlet of their support system emails, which any other company that's going to be super boring. It's people complaining and then their service people trying to suck up. But this was incredibly entertaining because the questions they got in and the responses from their, their CS team uh, were just so on point on their brand because their brand is, you know, like anti-authoritative but really humorous. And those responses were just incredibly on point that I was reading support emails. Like, no other company can get away with doing that. Open source support emails. You heard it from the pro himself. All right, Kevin, thanks so much for all your time. It was a great episode for sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers.